Welcome to Our Global God, a new podcast brought to you by OnePlus God Ministries, who focuses on short-term missions, retreats, and teaching. Discover in this show how God is on a mission with you. Your host for Our Global God is Wayne DeVitt, Executive Director and Founder of OnePlus God Ministries. Friends, um, so wonderful to have you with us again today, our OnePlus God Global family. We are looking at session two today of our podcast series, We Serve a Global God. We're looking specifically today at how do I know I'm called to go? I think a question that so many are constantly struggling with, uh, where do I know and how do I know that I'm called to go on a short mission trip? Or how do I know that I'm called to go into full-time ministry and full-time ministry of any kind, whether it's, you know, missions for a short period of time or for full-time ministry as a pastor or a missionary? Well, I, I think we hear God's call through His Word, of course, or through His Spirit just nudging us. His Spirit is alive in us, right, and leading us and challenging us through spiritful people that God put around us. And then, of course, also through spiritual circumstances. And I hope that you will hear something about how God calls us from our guests that we have with us today. Uh, we have Anneli from South Africa with us. We have Sarah Glenn, who is the missions director of One Plus God Ministries. And we have Morgan Malden, who is the college and um, intern coordinator of, of the ministry. And so I'm hoping that from their stories that all of you will hear different versions of how, how does God call you. If I could just share with you real quick from my own life. In, in my hand here, I'm holding a little Afrikaans Bible. Most of you know by now that I grew up in South Africa, born and raised there. And um, so I'm holding in my hand a, a little Bible in Afrikaans that my great-grandmother gave to my mother when uh, for my for my first birthday and said, I'm giving this Bible to this child today because this child one day will become a pastor. Well, and as Life moved on and I got older. My mother told this to me and said, you know what, a spirit-filled person in your life had shared this and said that, that you're called to be a pastor one day. And I thought, wow, if somebody gave this Bible to me, then this must be pretty special and important. Let me, let me read it. And so I, I sat down and I started to read it. And man, I must tell you guys, I just fell in love with God's words. So I think I was grade seven. And at that point, I had already read through the entire Bible for, you know, at least once. And, and so then, you know, these amazing passages where God calls Isaiah and where he calls Jeremiah and how Jesus calls the disciple, those started to speak into my life and the Holy Spirit confirmed that in my life. And, and so the call became naturally part of my life. And that's how I became a pastor and then moved on later in life and more and more into missions till now I'm just soaked into missions, I guess, and living out my call in the world of missions. So that's how the call worked in my own life. Um, Anneli, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome all the way from South Africa. And so perhaps you could say one sentence to us in Afrikaans. How, does, how, how would that sound like? It is for me very lekker om to come to you 
So Anneli is telling us she's ahead of in time and she's saying it's just really nice to be with you guys tonight. So there's a six hour time difference between us and South Africa at the moment. And so there you hear a little bit of Afrikaans. And so I was so blessed about 22 years or so ago, my paths crossed with Anneli. And Anneli just has an amazing story of how she experienced God's call in her life and how God had worked in and through her. I'm going to try and interrupt Anneli as little as possible simply for the sake that we are calling her internationally and there's a little bit of a time delay. And so, Anneli, why don't you share with us how did God call you into ministry? Because, I mean, at first you just had a normal job, normal life, right? Was not a, a full-time missionary or pastor right from the start. So you, you were busy with just doing life and then God clearly interrupted that in a, in a special way and today you are in full-time ministry like 26 years I believe later tell us your life story yes. Anneli in a couple of minutes here we would love to hear that today okay I hope you take into consideration that I'm now 55 so I don't think a few minutes will do it just but let <laughs> me try okay so <laughs> it started in 1994 um, I got divorced in that year and at that stage, I was really devastated and felt so unworthy as I have prayed so fervently for my marriage at that stage. Um, I totally felt worthless about my life and felt that I have disappointed God. The burden on my mind and my heart about this whole situation was very heavy. And then I got this special invitation Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will come. Oh, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And although I was a dedicated Christian, I learned there that I needed to also surrender my pain, my feelings to find rest. Now, as you would have heard in this passage that I've just quoted, the rest that we have heard about um, will be found as we learn from him. So he this is an amazing uh, passage, Anneli. Um, um, if I can just interrupt you very quickly, uh, I think you quoted Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, right? I that's good. And that's, that, that's just yes. an awesome, awesome passage. And, and I think for all of us that, that go through difficult times in our lives, that, that's just such an encouragement. And, and so, again, we hear that God speaks to you through his word. And, and, and I think, um, you know, the story continues in your life where how God puts spiritual people in your life, right, to confirm that and start to, start to continue to unfold his call onto your life, right? Yes, yes. That invitation a lot of times comes through spiritful people, like you say. And in my case, it was a girl, Marisa Fushia. Um, uh, she was just born a missionary, I think. Uh, yes. she, she just did it from uh, a little girl on. And um, God knew that, that at the, where he found me or where, where I um, uh, lent my ears to him, God knew that I was still too weak and lacked confidence to start a new project or build a church. He knew what I was capable of then when I got that invitation, and he saw the potential in me that I couldn't see myself. 
Amen. So um, I was just led um, uh, to just help people with whatever they needed to help with. Um, I helped children with homework. I uh, transported people to hospitals. I helped um, people to get to safe places um, if it was possible. And through this time of just helping, of just see, serving, I learned more and more from him about him and I found rest for my soul. So it simply started with just being, you know, really sensitive to spirit-filled circumstances in your life, just doing what, what you could find to do, right? Right there in front of you, right? Yes. Um, my daughter asked me the other day if I must choose a symbol for myself, what would it be? And I said, I'm a service dog, keeping Love my that. eyes on the handler. I don't look down. I don't look at anything else. And then he sends me, I go and do, and I come back for my next instruction. Awesome. So, yeah, that is, I love that. Is that. How it started. I love that. You, you, you used these words, rest for my soul. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about what does, what does this rest look like, Adelie? Okay. I think a symptom about true rest in Christ is, ironically, restlessness about the lost souls of the world. Love that. The ones, the ones who still need to find true rest for their souls. We need to be careful not to confuse comfort and true rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true rest in Christ is far from earthly comfort. In any case, the children uh, I helped started to ask about teaching them about Christ in a Sunday school setting. Adults that I helped ask, um, when can we start with Sunday services? And then slowly, God revealed to me in his word during a period of fasting and prayer to build a church in the area that I work. Yeah, you were simply just faithful, right? <laughs> in, in this yeah. godly way of rest, which means simply doing what God is calling you to do. And, and by doing that, God just continued to increase your territory, it seems. Yeah, yeah. And he made me more aware of my authority in him. Um, if we... If we are not, uh, if we are not sure about that, that that we are acting in His authority, we um, I think uh, become shy and and our boldness disappear. Absolutely. So with with this awareness of His of my authority in Him, and based on His discipleship model, I became the one who now invited people to come to Him for rest, guiding them through their rest in order for them to go to all nations. Awesome. So this is the main reason why our ministry is called Ministry Through Movement. Yes, there's a lot of things because we do sports and mind moves and um, praise and worship is all about movement. And a lot of you will agree with me on that. But we all need to come to him, rest, which means learn from him and then go. So that's all about movement. So through my circumstances, I showed that the ministry will mainly be locally. Um, uh, well, I was showed that it will just be here. And my Jerusalem is the poorest of the poor in Whitbank. So, um, but we reached out to communities elsewhere in South Africa, um, like for instance, Pine Town in KwaZulu-Natal, Louis Trichard, uh, which is now called Makadu in um, Limpopo. And that's where we went to teach people how to start preschools and soup kitchens. 
um, which is a big part of our ministry. So we need to spread the knowledge that we gain. And that was the, our ministries, Judea and Samaria. So in 2015, we welcomed the first group of Americans to come uh, visit us and be part of the ministry for a few days. And I see this as part of the go to the, all the ends of the earth. And it, if it means like invite the rest of the world to come to you, I think it also includes that. Amen. But um, personally, I also support um, FIBA radio or, or radio FIBA as they broadcast in other countries where we can't really get um, in. Um, as part of my personal involvement in missions, to the end of the earth and of course yes Adelie, um, that's absolutely <laughs> awesome um, now that you say FIBA there you know um, FIBA just uh, uh, in with one of the missionaries that one plus God is involved with in Mali um, they just uh, put up a big uh, tower there to to reach out to that area in Mali to uh, you know people in in the Muslim world mainly so that's just absolutely awesome love that Acts 1 8 text you know that we are called mm. um, by God and that we will receive power from the Holy Spirit to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's so incredible that even in, you know, your ministry being called to the poorest of the poor, but gets this, that we need to be involved here, there and everywhere. So it seems to me that it has nothing to do with do we have a lot of money or resources or whatever. It's just being faithful to what God is calling us. So that is just so awesome. And then you mentioned that, you know, the Americans that came to you, that that is part of your reaching the ends of the earth by God bringing the ends of the earth basically to you. So I just love that perspective. <laughs> so, you know, just talk a little bit about quickly about short mission trips. You know, how are you experiencing that? Okay. Um, a lot of times um, short mission trips are questioned and discussed from, especially from a financial angle. Um and until people go on a shorter mission trip and see what it means to the missionaries who are visited, what it means to the people served by the missionaries, what it means to the people going on a shorter mission trip, shorter mission trips have eternally long consequences. So I guess um, we have a lot to do and, and things to use our time on. And therefore, um, personally, I will not enter into discussion about the val validity of shorter mission trips with people who have not been on one. And, and the way that it is, I have not found a person that has been on a shorter mission trip that ever again question the validity of the show, of a shorter mission. Um, us uh, being Afrikaans, yeah. uh, speaking honestly, sometimes we struggle with all these uh, interesting words that the English people come up with, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's like airtime. Our English run out. <laughs> honestly, it was awesome to hear you. Thank you so much for joining our show today. And I think the one thing that I'm taking away from this, and I'm sure our listeners do, is that um, you know when God calls you, it comes through 
through his word it comes through his spirit through spirit-led people in your in your life and you know in spirit-led circumstances and i think we've heard something of all of those examples in your life story and so may may you be blessed 26 years of faithful ministry and we, we we're so excited with you for that praise god um, for that and continue to lift your ministry up to the lord may you have a blessed day Annalie, and thank you so much for sharing your art with us uh, today Thank you very much for this opportunity. I just want to close with this, that I'm not a nosy person in other people's personal life, but I cannot keep my nose out of other missions. So that's one thing. If you <laughs> say that there's a tower up for FIBA radio, I feel excited because I'm part of it. So yes. thank you very much for also making me part of this show. <laughs> thank you, Adelie. May we be nosy about other people's missions. I love that. God bless you. Thank you. OnePlus God Ministries makes it possible for any individual, group, or church to go on a global short-term mission trip. You say when, where, and what you want to do, and they'll make it happen. Locally, they also do retreats for business people, men, women, and couples. This nonprofit has a missions heart and wants missions to be part of your life every day, everywhere. Visit OnePlusGod.org for more info. So Sarah, we talked about short-term mission trips, right? And how valuable that is. And we heard that from a missionary's perspective right now. And you know, so many times people wonder, am I called to go on a short-term mission trip? And well, you went on a short-term mission trip to Haiti, I believe, and then experienced how God called you there to a next step. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, that's exactly how it went, Vainan. Tell I, us about that. Sure. Um, you know, I was... So privileged to be able to go on a mission trip to Haiti in 2014. And um, when I signed up for that trip, I knew the Lord was calling me because a man came from out from nowhere and gave me a hundred dollars and said, this is from Jesus to you, Sarah. And it was the last day of registration for the Haiti trip. Oh wow! And the registration fee was $100. So I knew that I was being called to that trip. However, once I got there, I missed my kids. I was, um, you know, a mother of two children. And I am a mother of two children. Uh -huh. And um, they were two small children at the time. And yep. I was really nervous about leaving them and about... Um, you know, them being taken care of adequately while I was gone. So, so this was about seven years ago, right? Yes. So leaving your kids, that's a big deal. How, how old were they then? So the, so Cameron was um, about seven years old and Cassie was um, just a little bit younger, around five. Yeah, so and, that's a big deal, leaving yeah. your kids and stepping out in faith and... Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and just making sure that everything was taken care of while I was gone. That was right. a big thing for me. So those first days in Haiti were, um, you know, I'm, it's a brand new um, culture. I've never experienced anything like this before. And then also missing my children. But what happened to me in Haiti was something extraordinary that I've never quite experienced anything so profound in my life. I was um, in a tent city and we were having a women's conference. And I'll never forget it. All the women who had signed up to speak that day they kind of chickened out. <laughs> okay, they, so so a teen city, yeah. um, just for some of our listeners who might not sure. know that. So after the earthquake, you know, people 
lost their homes and they were kind of relocated and they would use these tarps and stuff to make homes, right? That's right. So we talk about the poorest of the poor. They are gathering. These women are ready to listen to you guys. And, and 20 people, 20 women stepped up and said, I want to speak, right? Well, no, I think they stepped up um, and said that. It was funny. The women had said in America, oh, we'll speak. But when we got there, they were like, oh, no, what do we say to these women? Because when we held their hands, their hands were so rough. When we looked into their eyes, their eyes were so yellow. Um, we knew that they were sick. They were malnourished. And these women buckled. They were like, what on earth do we say? Well, I had just gone through um, a struggle of my own life. And I had just gone through something that was really tough. And, you know, I had, I had lost my marriage. And I, and I felt unworthy. And I, was, I had gone through all these struggles with my children and overcame all these Christ. And here I am in Haiti. So in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'll speak. And I have something to say. Wow. And so, and so you yeah. were kind of in a similar place where Annelie was at when she was called in 1994 or something yes. like that, right? How, how amazing that yes. no matter how broken you are, when God calls, right? He That's right. Gives you the strength to step up. So you step up and what did you do? Yeah, so I stood up and I started to read to them from Matthew 5, 14. I want to read this with you. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Awesome. And I got to talk to the women about how they can be a light, that in their community, which is this tent city, they can be a light. And so what better way than to sing a song? We find on our short-term mission trips, one of the best ways to speak to people is through music. And so I taught them this little light of mine, which to this day, every village that we work in in Haiti knows. That day, wow. they had never heard it before. Wow. And it was so funny. The translator, I, you know, I start singing this little light of mine. And he's like, um, he had to translate it and then <laughs> and do it in tune. And so we started singing and worshiping. And before I knew it, the entire tent city church is singing this little light of wow. mine. And I told them, I put, I, I told, I taught them to put their finger up. So that's your light. And no matter what you face, you have a light within you and it's Christ. And so anyway, that was the moment when I knew this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. I never want to do anything else. I want I want everyone to experience what I'm experiencing on this short-term mission trip. Me, who I felt could do, I literally knew I was called when I was a kid, but I denied that calling because I was. I wanted to be a mom. I, I got married young, and, and I just kept on saying, oh, someday, someday, someday. And here I am in Haiti after all that destruction that happened in my life, and God is using all of that, all those ashes for beauty. So that was kind of like a spirit-late circumstance absolutely that really solidified your call right absolutely and i want to awesome. just say that one of the things that was spoken to me when i was a young young girl um, i was um, just 17 years old and i went to a conference called exploration and a woman spoke into me she said um, and i didn't know what she was doing i didn't know what it meant but she said you will serve a ministry and you will be in koinonia and i had no idea what the word koinonia meant until right after that mission trip I, you know, I, I say, I'm going to work full time for one plus God. I, here I am, use me. And, um, there you are preaching and you're teaching us about Koinonia. And I'll never forget when you, the first time you ever said it. And I thought you have got to be kidding me. This man just said that word. And it was in my journal when I was 17, I went back and checked it's there. <laughs> and you said that your favorite verse is, um, one Corinthians, um, one nine, God is faithful through whom 
you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Fellowship is the the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. Yep. And you taught me that. And I remember sitting there with goosebumps from my head to my toes knowing this is it. Wow. This is indeed it. Wow. Yeah. Nobody puts it together like God, right? That's right. Morgan, so awesome to have you with us here today as well. How do you know that you are called to go? Well, Tell us, how did it work in your life? Well, I know I was called to be in mission since I was a little girl, but um, I actually, my problem was I didn't know how to get involved with missions, you know, and so... So you feel like you have a call... You want to live it out, but there's some sort of a disconnect, right? Right, right. I just did. I didn't know where God was calling me to right. or how to get involved, and so that's when my path crossed with One Plus God several times. You know, and, and through through a lot of prayer, I found out that they were going to Thailand, and so I actually got to go through a lot of prayer and surrendering, and I went for a two month internship. Awesome. So a two-month internship, you've, you've, you've never really left the country for, a, for something big, right? No, no, sir. So, First time across the yeah, world. <laughs> yeah. So you're a young lady. You're, you were working at Hobby Lobby, I think, yes, at sir, that point, right? Yes, sir. Working at Hobby Lobby. So yes, you need to quit your job. <laughs> I did. I had to quit it. <laughs> and, and, and then just go to Thailand and, and not only go to Thailand, but literally go up to the jungle. Yes, sir. To the Karen State, which is a neighboring country to Thailand. Right. And um, so tell us about that experience so, so you are there and you're in the jungle and what does God do with you so actually it was there in the jungle in the Karen state you know um, we actually stopped on the side of the road and where I was looking at a rice field and that's where I felt like God spoke to me and um, he asked me when I was looking out at it how many people do you see out there and I said none Lord and he said the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few he's like will you give me one year here you know, and that and that literally shook me to my core, you know, and I and I battled with it. And, you know, and I'll get on. Um, I'll, I'll get into that later on. But in 2019, I went, you know, I got to go and serve in Thailand for one year. <laughs> awesome. Yes, we will definitely hear a lot more about that in in some other sessions, uh, mm-hmm. Morgan. But I just absolutely love that verse. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe you're referring to Matthew 9 verse 37 right to where jesus says to the disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few Mm -hmm. and then then jesus challenges us right Right, he says as the lord of the harvest uh, to send out workers into his harvest field Mm -hmm. and so when we pray that prayer we better be careful because god (laughs) might be pointing at you right yes sir (laughs) sometimes he points at somebody else and then sometimes he points at you and so isn't it amazing to be a part of the answer of yes, the prayer that, yes. that God challenges us to it pray, is. right? It's amazing. And just looking back, you know, God really showed me just to be faithful in the small steps because I just went knowing I was going to be there for two months, right. you know, but I didn't know I was going to go back for a year. So faithful in the small steps, God will lead you on to the next step. So in your life, God that you know, just really solidified the call in your life through his word, it seems. Yes, sir. And, and then through the spirit nudging you. There's Absolutely. nobody around there. You're looking at a field. Nope. You just and, spoke to me. <laughs> and God is just speaking to you. Yes, sir. And, and what, I, what I also hear is, I think when we are alone, when things are quiet mm-hmm. around us, we don't have noise, don't have stuff in our ears listening, even to Christian music, just truly, right. you know, cut out all the noise. We hear God a little clearer, right? Yes, sir. And we can hear his call. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I think being called is certainly connected with, um, with God's Word. We need to be in His Word. 
We need to be in quiet places where we can truly hear His Spirit talk to us. I think we need to surround ourselves with Spirit-filled people because it's often connected with you know, the people around us. And God uses spirit-filled people around us to continue to speak into our lives and, and also spirit-led circumstances. So I think that a short-term mission trip is definitely not the only way in which you can hear God speak and experience spirit-filled people and spirit-led circumstances in your life. But it's definitely one place where we can experience that. It seems to be a little clearer. Um, because you're a little bit more focused and the distractions are out of the way. And wow, to even go and do an internship where it's just you and God and busy with helping people to see the kingdom of God, there's just awesome ways in which God can connect with you and speak to your heart. So I don't know where you are at in your life, but I do know this, whether you have just gone through a divorce, whether you are a young unmarried woman that had just a normal job and, and feel that this, you know, that God has a call on your life, or whether you are like me, I grew up in South Africa on a coal mine community. My, my dad was just a normal blue collar worker working in the mines and nobody in my family had ever gone to college. Nobody had ever became a pastor or a lawyer or a doctor or, or anything like that. And, and God confirms to you that I want to use you. Whether God is calling you to go and, and just share with your child or your grandchild or whether God is calling you to go on a short mission trip or whether God is calling you to drop everything, quit your job like Morgan did and go into the jungle <laughs> or whether God is calling you to like Annalie just go and serve and just do whatever is the next thing in front of you and see how God continues to broaden your territory. This I know. You are called. You are called. May you spend time with God's word. Listen to his spirit. Surround yourself with spirit-filled spirit people. And put yourself in places where you will encounter spirit-led circumstances. And I promise you, you're going to hear what is God's call for your life. May you be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for joining us for Our Global God. We hope you have a better vision of how God is on a mission with you. Contact OnePlus God Ministries at oneplusgod.org to reserve space on our upcoming trips, join us on a retreat, or invite Wayne to come speak at your next event. oneplusgod.org The Shine FM Podcast Network